You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. This is part two of my conversation with Kalia Davis, an anti-racism trainer and a teacher of young audiences and the head of the Bay Street Children's Theater. Well, I don't know if you've uh, watched um, the new Raoul Peck documentary, Exterminate All the Brutes. Have you seen it yet? No, but you see, you keep giving me this good Oh, you must. You must. It's a must watch. If if all students in America just watched those four hours, they would have a better history education than they get in 12 years. And and another thing I want to put out for people is In Class with Carr, which is on YouTube every Saturday. It is my church largest African-American studies program in the world. And it's just true history. But the fact that the Crayola people, you know, the difference between them from any other people on the planet, and they are the last civilization to evolve. Europe is the youngest civilization. What set them apart from the rest of the world is their willingness to call others not human Mm -hmm. and to commit mass extermination of them from a distance. The Chinese, you know, discovered gunpowder in the 13th century, but they didn't use it to go around the world wiping people out. Only the Crayola people did that. And so this, um, and, and there was a book called No Humans Involved. The Crayola people's culture has embedded in it that folks that don't, uh, that they don't resonate with, they aren't human that there are no humans involved. So anytime gl- the global majority represents with qualities that they feel only belong to themselves, it is distressing, upsetting. It is inappropriate because it is embedded in them that there are no humans other than, than me and my tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that is all very, very, very accurate. And we have had to reclaim our humanity in the eyes of these white gatekeepers and white leaders. I mean, the fact that we've literally, the whole thing has either been civil rights. You know, Michael Che has that really beautiful moment in his stand-up from a few years ago being like, all we were asking were civil, just be civil. To now Black Lives Matter. So we're, that's it. Like, we just want you to acknowledge 
that we matter. We, that we are human. We are we are human like you are human. Uh, it's it it blows my mind. Twenty twenty one. We you know I am my ancestors' wildest dreams, but also at the same time, yo, we still fighting. We're still going, and that's crazy. Let's what with all of the access we have, with all the opportunities that are put forward. I it is it blows my mind that there is still such a hard fight to even just show these people that we are human and need to be treated as such. So I I know from my perspective, what boggles my mind about it from a scientific point of view, I look at it evolutionarily and I know these are the youngest, you know, these are the least evolved humans on the planet. And somehow we allowed them to start running the planet because they got access to gunpowder. I often think that the global majority is sort of very, kind to them because they're like, oh, those are the kids. The kids are wrecking havoc. The kids are being crazy. The kids are violent. But the kids in, you know, under 2,000 years are about to destroy the world. The whole planet. Um, yeah, literally our planet. Right. The kids, right. The kids, this Western civilization folks, they're about to destroy the planet. What boggles you about their inability to understand uh, humanity of, of others? We, I, I could appreciate when you had limited resources to experience others' realities, as in the movies and newspaper clippings and books that be were being written. You just, it, it was very one note. It was from one perspective, a shared perspective, and therefore that's what they assumed was the thing. But now we have a plethora of opportunities to like interact with different forms so that we know and can appreciate other people's lived experiences. You can watch a TV show on Netflix. You can open up. I don't think they choose to do that. I think that the fact that we have more opportunities has given them the opportunity to limit their world to those things that are resonant for them. I mean, I think that that's this movement towards 1619 Project can't be yes. in schools, no anti-racism curriculum in schools, no rewriting of history. And I would go a little further to say that I think this um, model of, you know, why we see so many young white mass murders is because the history is so inaccurate that all they see is Crayola people, hero, conqueror, and there's no more places to conquer. And so what can they be other than a mass murderer? Yeah. <laughs> because well, this is the history of their ancestors. Their, their ancestors were mass murderers. So they really are following the model laid before them. They truly are. Also, that model was based off of fear and not abundance. So they are operating from a place of fear. They fear that whiteness will disappear because they're seeing it disappearing. And and to them, that is bad, as opposed to most of us being like, that's great. Let's go. Uh, They're also, so that, that, mm, I just- Well, I gotta say that there's no such thing as that. That's some Crayola, Crayola ideology. There's no such thing. It never existed. It doesn't exist. And the greatest genetic diversity on the planet exists on the continent of Africa, where two Africans from one tribe have a greater genetic diversity than any two people once you leave the continent. So this idea of this pure Crayola color, 
yes, it is going to cease to exist because evolutionarily it never existed. And if you continue to try to make it, you will just become extinct. Like nature and science has told you that. You may want to project it that these other people are doing something to you, but your own ideology is going to extinct you. Oh, definitely. Also, white people are the ones that came up with the term race to begin with because they wanted to separate the enslaved people they were bringing from the continent of Africa from those coloners that were already there. Like they were like, we we have to make sure they understand that we are above them. That's why we are their masters. And you're like, okay, but you truly had no concept of that when indigenous people were living here. Like you did, that's not something you brought up yet. And it wasn't until black people came. That's when well, all black people didn't come. Black people were kidnapped and brought here. So well, how do you true. deal with this with little children? You know, separating this, uh, this Crayola, the Crayola box with children. So here's the thing, kids, if we can get to them, early, we can help start to mold and shape their minds so that they can be more empathetic, compassionate human beings. And so that's why I have such a passion for the creation of art that can be speaking to young audiences specifically. And in my work with anti-racism, I created a show called A Kid's Play About Racism. It's based off of Jelani Memory's book, A Kid's Book About Racism. And the reason why it spoke to me was that it was speaking to his lived experience as a multiracial black man in the Puget Sound area. um, And he was writing it for his son. So he just wanted his son to know who he was and therefore who his son is. And Mm. also speak about his experience as a kid being told certain things, being hearing certain um, language being uh, put on him and as an identity and that it was really hurtful. And it was very simple but it was compelling and impactful and it was something that a kid could digest. And I've always said that children can participate in any conversation as long as you provide them some tools so that they can be active in that participation. If if you come at them with the really intense highbrow language, then of course a an eight-year-old is going to be like, okay, well, hold on. I'm not young Sheldon. I do need to know a little bit about what you're trying to say. Can we simplify that a bit? And then you do, and they're like, oh, I get it. So my play was an opportunity to really just enhance that, where we had our main character, 12 years old, um, Jelani, grappling with this idea that adults have made racism so big and awful and horrible and dramatic, but I'm a kid and I can speak to kids and I'm going to make it simple and easy. And as he's going through that journey, he realizes that it's not easy. It is Mm. complicated and that's okay too. I have uh, manifestations of feelings kind of very inside out where you are seeing delight, you are seeing anger and rage, you are seeing grief and sadness and love like, um, really uh, it's right there these are characters that are talking to him and he's interacting with them and we're basically highlighting the importance of it's okay to feel how you feel about this situation and you need to appreciate and understand that there are kids next to you in your class that are going through this and how are you going to be an ally for them how are you going to be an advocate for them how are you going to stand up for them if they are in a position where they can't stand up for themselves um and it was the best part about children's theater and tya is the opportunity to engage before 
and after the show. So we had um, Seattle Children's Theater and Alliance Theater together, their education department put together a beautiful, active audience guide that gave those tangible resources and tools that teachers, parents could use with their kids, coloring pages, um, word searches, things that kids can appreciate and understand, but having a theme around racism and how to be a better ally. And then after the show, I would moderate sometimes, or my colleagues would moderate, or some of my actors would moderate post-show discussions with kids and and ask some questions. Well, tell me some of the highlight moments of what a kid would say versus a parent would say. Yes. So my favorite times were when kids were, I would give a kid an opportunity to be like, okay, so what, what was something that stood out to you during this show? What did you remember from this show? And a lot of them remember this one very intense scene that I purposefully kept in the show. It's, it is hard to watch, but it is all truth. Um, Jelani memory himself gave me permission to use these words that others had used against him. And I animated it so that the characters were being, they were huge and they were literally throwing the word stay down on top of Jelani and crushing him. And Jelani is crying and saying like, why don't you see me? These words hurt me. I'm hurt. Please stop. And they weren't. And that is a moment that really spoke to so many kids because they were like, I didn't like when those mean people were saying those mean things to Jelani, that wasn't nice. That wasn't okay. And and I love that. It is so innocent and so simple. And yet at the same time, it is exactly the message we're trying to get across. You do not need to say those things. It hurts someone. And you need to appreciate that. And then my other favorite story I like to tell is that there is a little child who came off of mute. Um, during one of the Zoom talkbacks and said, hi, I just, I love the show, but is it okay that I'm white? I feel bad. And I was so happy that this child felt safe enough in the space that we cultivated for him to even share that. Um, He made, I'm guessing, seven years old, feeling like this piece that we just saw that only had Black identifying artists in it made him feel badly for being white and to have my actors jump in and be like, it is not bad that you're white. We just want to make sure that you're not using that against anybody else, Um, that you recognize that there's privilege there, but that you can actually be a friend. You can help. You can make a difference. Um, And it was a really beautiful moment. And to me, it touches a lot on what I I want. I just want to be able to have all types of kids from any lived experience come together and be able to have a common shared consensus on, on an issue like race and racism. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you know Toni Morrison's book, The Book of Mean People? I don't know that book, but I know a lot of Toni Morrison, so I'm very well, excited. The yeah. Book of Mean People, I highly recommend it to you. It is one of her few children's books. And what comes to me about that is, uh, you know, they're little, it's all illustrated. And it's like, you know, some people smile when they are being mean. Yes. And when you were describing the scene with Jelani, you know, where it was all mean, but I think that for me growing up, there were all these times when Crayola people said, you're not like most black people. And they always yes. had a smile on their face and they thought they were saying something nice. We had and there was that. nothing nice about we, it. It was like, what do you mean? All the black people I know are just like me. So exactly. what are you so we had about? We had that exact scenario. It was, it, I strategically placed it in the show so that in the first part, when you, we called them the bullies section, just so that the actors knew like, oh, I'm now playing this character. But these were all things that were said to Jelani himself. And it was like that. It was like, uh, you don't sound like most black people. Um, like it's just, it was, it, to them, they didn't think that their microaggression or their racist comments were racist because they're like, we're, we're just making an observation. Um, we're, we're complimenting you. It's actually a nice thing to then later on in the show, have it turn into something more sinister was it, we were able to show how these seemingly harmless things that they're saying could actually have a really intense effect on someone later in life. So yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's really crucial and important that people understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be pitchforks and lit tiki torches, you know, with the noose. Like you don't have, that doesn't have to be it. It can be those small little microaggressions that- Not can be, that is mostly what it is. It is mostly these very subtle little things that, Mm -hmm. you know- Crayola people have a kind of a market on ignorance um, that they don't have to know. They don't have to be educated. They don't have to be traveled or uh, nuanced or understanding of other cultures because there are no consequences to their ignorance. Whereas the rest of us, if we don't know the way to behave in different rooms, etc., there are great consequences to us. So I, 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 I don't know that it's fear. I think that a lot of it is just ignorance. Mm. And they're allowed to be ignorant. We're not allowed. No. We don't, we don't get that pass. No. And I, I'm fascinated. Do you encounter this, that there's this, um, like I've kind of gotten to the point where I don't see uh, them evolving in my lifetime. I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening um, in my lifetime. Um, so I, I, I often wonder how I can even be useful. Like you are clearly working with young kids to help immerse them in new possibilities while they're young. I don't know that there's anything I'm going to get to do. Mm. 
That is an interest. That's an interesting thought and feeling. I'm curious if, if you're basing it on a specific form of action that you you are assuming maybe has to happen, um, or like on a, a, a tangible physical change that you can see. Because I would argue, and I would love to amplify you in this moment and affirm that I believe what you're doing, providing a platform for artists to come on and say whatever they want to say and talk about whatever they want to talk about, is giving a, a little bit of hope in that there's going to be those people who are listening and go, oh, this episode actually spoke to me. Wow, well, I didn't think about that. I think that is why I do this. I think that I... Uh, agree to do this podcast because I realized that most people aren't as curious um, and advent- adventurous as I am. And I'm interested in all kinds of people. So this was a, this podcast is a safe opportunity for people to experience other people and conversations mm-hmm. that they would never have access to or choose. There you go. And so they can safely engage, turn it on, turn it off at will and hopefully someone's life will be changed for having listened to it. But I have to say that most of the time I feel like it's throwing pearls before swine. Ooh. Yeah. And I, and I'm going to also acknowledge and name that you have had such an illustrious and long career within the arts and have seen from the beginnings of you emergence into the professional sphere to now in the industry, like, I'm curious from your perspective, have you seen enough of the needle moving in the direction you would like it to move? Um, or do you feel like that's, it's coming? Um, I do see this new generation from the millennials on. I see things changing as I see people making stories, talking about things that could not have been spoken about in my life. So I'm excited. The fact that, you know, some of the things that I hear young people complaining about that they find unacceptable behavior is so like, you found that unacceptable? Like that was just, we just had to expect that every day. Like that was every day. Like that wasn't what we was calling the abuse. That was like, okay, that's just the price of admission. But mm-hmm. this generation is like, no, that won't stand. So I'm like excited about that. So I see changes from this generation saying, oh, no, 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 in the future, we're not going to. And 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 I love that. I love the protesting and saying we're not going to work for you and the calling people out. I'm all for it. What I haven't yet seen is the vision for the future. Mm. And I feel that right now there's still movement away from discomfort rather than moving towards something better. And so I'm waiting for the visions for this better so that we all can marshal this unlimited source of the energy of love to build this better rather than just always focusing on what, what we don't like, what we don't want, what we don't want anymore. What do we want? What are we building? Yes. I also find that there are so many siloed conversations and and actions and organizations happening. And it it would be interesting to see how much we can combine and come together um, and unify because there are so many different pathways to get to that place. And I appreciate all the different ones that are happening, but I'm also wondering if that is, that's too much of a splinter and therefore we can't like become concise in what exactly we're asking for. Um, If we have too many different 
th- tentacles coming out, but I and, but I want all of them. But I'm just wondering. And, and how I want more tentacles. I want as many people as there are. I think there are that many tentacles, and I think that there's no reason why there can't be a world where this person gets that and that person gets that. And for me, it's like this trying to consolidate it into something. To me, it's the same as you know, the colonialists going to countries and saying, well, we're just going to make this a country. We're just going to draw an arbitrary border around mm. all these people. And we will make them this one people, even though there's 20,000 languages in this territory and we split some of them out of it. I, I want there to be, yep, you can have it your way and you can have it your way and you can have it like that less consolidation, more like the plethora of possibilities existing for, for, for people. Then how would we get to a common goal? Why do we need a common goal? To push, to to move forward in a positive direction. If if what we're if what we're saying is we we all believe in a lot of things that are really important. How do we enact those things and make it all happen? And I think there's been multiple ways in which that's happening. And I'm excited about it. I was just, I was just coming back on your question and like in your thoughts and sitting and feeling of, of not knowing if what you're doing right now, if you're going to see that happen. But I was thinking that actually, I feel like I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a lot of stuff happening and moving forward. I mean, just the way in which that March on Broadway, like just all of the people that came out in support of change within the union, within Broadway itself. I was like, that's, that's dope. There's so Mm. much happening and that, and so many different types of people, Mm. um, which is so cool. I was watching soul of a nation and they're on ABC and there's this one that is talking about faith specifically. And a pastor shares that there there's jealousy like when he was coming up in the civil rights movement, it was pretty much black people really fighting for black rights. Mm. Now there's such a, there's such a gorgeous like rainbow of people that are fighting for black rights and fighting for Asian rights and fighting for everybody. Um, And he was commenting that he's jealous of, of that and the movements that can be happening. And I was like, that's really interesting. I, you don't think about that. And I appreciate you uplifting uh, YouTube channels and books and resources to find out more about our history. Cause I think that we have been so um, blind, like we just have not had our history um, given to us and it's really frustrating. <laughs> and I'm going to uplift again, Dr. Greg Carr, uh, it, it, Karen Hunter's in class with Carr on YouTube yes. every Saturday. There's about 60 of them and the need for critical thinking. And that means whatever you're ingesting, um, you know, documentaries, whatever, that you have to be critically thinking about what it is that they're pointing out. I, I have a lobbyist friend who said to me, whenever I see a newspaper article, I always think, who placed that? What's their agenda? Mm. Um, and one of the things Dr. Carr talked about is that documentaries all have an agenda and that they are no substitute for reading and educating yourself. So um, I think it's just my personal practice that whatever is going on, I question it. I don't accept right. anything from anybody. And a lot of times people take it very personally. Like Tanya doesn't, she doesn't trust me. She doesn't like me. She doesn't take my advice. 
Tanya don't take anybody's advice. Tanya like keeps asking questions until something sits with my gut and goes, I can live with this decision even if it goes sideways. There you go. And th- and that's what I wish for everybody. I I accept. I receive it. I want to be more like that. I totally want to be more like that. Just making sure that I know what I want and I'm doing my work to know like what I believe in as opposed to feeling like I'm being told or fed that. And then I therefore have to go with what the mainstream is saying. Yes. And my last words, as we wrap up here is to watch the push, which is Darren Brown was on Broadway a couple of years ago and he shows the power of compliance and how through compliance and social pressure, he can get people to commit an atrocity. Mm. And so I'm always uh, question anything that requires compliance. Kalia, it has been a joy to speak with you. I am excited to know more about your work. Can you tell my listeners where they can keep up with you and support you in what you're doing? Thank you so much. Uh, Hey, listeners, um, I am not the best at it, but I do have social media stuff. So you can follow along with me on Instagram at Kalia SHD. That's K-H-A-L-I-A-S-H-D. You can Google me and find a website and I update stuff there too, KaliaDavis.com. And yeah, that's that's really what's going on. Bay Area Children's Theater is excited for the reemergence of being able to provide in-person programming soon. California is starting to lift a lot of restrictions. We're grateful for that. Um, So follow along Bay Area Children's Theater with an R-E if you want to learn more. And yeah, that I'm, I'm, I am truly honored and feel very blessed to have been able to share space with someone who I have admired for many years. So thank you so much for welcoming me into your show, into this space, and also for giving me so much. It was a, it was a very enriching conversation, and I've learned so much. Oh, Kalia, it was my pleasure to speak with you. And thank you for listening to You Can't Say That. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and you are listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and You Can't Say That is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, with music by Kat Dale. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast highly wherever you stream. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tanya Pinkins. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm forward slash YCST. Stay safe. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. You is dead. Tanya Pinkins' horror film, Red Pill, brings African-American perspective to progressive movement. We are a majority in this country. And we're going to win the election. Do you know what the red pill is? A red pill is someone who infiltrates a group and then destroys them from the inside. This place is spooky. Some people like to live dangerously. Gas, why are you 
You're so jumpy tonight. You know what, guys? I'm gonna go back tomorrow. Did you hear about the creature woman that attacked a father and son hunting down here? I don't see the case. This place creeps me out. I think we should call the sheriff's office. missing or dead are brown people they're after all of us what do we do amelia we die but we take some of them with us hi i'm tanya pinkins and i would love to hear from you you can text me at 917-724-8998 tell me what you're up to and i'll let you know what i'm up to text me 917-724-8998. Let's keep in touch. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.